Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Welcome to this glorious mess, big kids. It's Mamma Mia's podcast for parents who bribe their kids to brush their teeth by offering them lollies. Yeah, I do that. My name's Holly Wainwright. Do not. I do too. Sometimes I do. I'm like, I'll let you have one. Because honestly, it's such a battle sometimes. Even with my kids who are so grown up now. Anyway, I digress. I'm Holly Wainwright. I work at Mamma Mia. I have two kids who are at primary school, Billy and Matilda. Yeah, and I've got three. I'm Andrew Daddo. And I work at Mamma Mia as well. And uh, what have I got? Uh, 21. I spoke to Bibby, who's still on the van, still on the road. We did that uh, FaceTime talking. She she looks amazing. Aww. Like fresh and clear-faced and clear-eyed and just that. She's out in the world. In the world. Living her wow. best life. Yeah, and then we've got a 16-year-old who started HSC, you know, so that, that's the other side of things going, oh, it's interesting. It's great. It's great. It is. On the show today, we're talking about stuttering, the speech disorder that stops someone from speaking fluently. So many kids have a stutter and many of them grow out of it, but for others, it's a lifelong condition. So what's it like if your kid is a stutterer? Or if you are someone who's grown up with a stutter, mm. and these days, how can you best support your kid through it? Yeah. We're going to have a chat to a mum who's got a stuttering son, and we're going to talk to a speech pathologist. Plus, our nails and fails of the week. Yeah, and just on the stuttering, my brother's a stutterer. So we, we pretty much, well, we were really gentle with him about that. Yeah, I bet you, you weren't. I really bet up, you weren't. <laughs> growing up in the 70s. How did he, I'm really interested because the, the Daddo household dynamics are endlessly interesting, but like there are five of you, there are yeah. five of you, and your brother Cam had a stutter. Yeah, so he's. And so did you all mercilessly take the piss out of him mm. about that or did some of you do that more than others? I know, I think it was, he was pretty fair, but we were all fair game. So all kids were fair game for whatever it was. So, uh, and, and. Did the taking the piss make the stutter better or worse? I actually thought when he started singing, so he would sing and that would make it better but it wasn't it was we moved from Australia to America when he was 14 or 15 and it was just a whole fresh literally a whole fresh start no one knew him no one knew anything about him no one knew he was a stutterer so he actually I think when he got to America he just it almost fell away entirely like it was in the back of his brain but it sort of fell away so he was a whole it was a fresh start so it was an anxiety sort of Thing as Except much as... for you lot at home who probably never let him forget it. <laughs> Let's talk to Kath, who is a mum who's dealing with this right now. We're speaking to Catherine, who lives in Catherine in the Northern Territory. Catherine, I bet you're so sick of people going, you're Catherine and you live in Catherine. <laughs> but I'm joining that tribe. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's all right. Do you, do, you, do you say, but they're spelt differently. They're spelt differently. You, I do, actually. I say that straight away. Good. <laughs> 
Kath is the mum of four kids. She's got three boys and a little girl. And her middle kids are twin boys, Jeremiah and Zeke. And Zeke has quite a significant stutter, which is challenging due to the fact that they live in such a remote location too and have to Mm. wait for specialists to visit from Darwin. Kath, tell us a bit about your family. I have a seven-year-old boy, Levi, and then the twins who are five. Five and a half, and they're starting big school next year. Oh. And I have a two-year-old little girl. Okay. Um, and and with Zeke and his stutter, so did that begin when he first started speaking, or how does it play out? Yeah, it's really interesting. So his uh, his speech developed quite well. Him and his brother, they were they were speaking quite well. And then it's really interesting with stuttering because. When he was about three, just after he turned three, it kind of happened overnight. I remember exactly we were camping and he, the next morning he just started stumbling over his words. And it was really interesting because that hadn't happened before. And then it kind of developed from there. Interestingly, his brother also has a very slight stutter, but Zeke is our main concern. Yeah. And did Zeke appear to be aware of his stutter from from that point like is it something that troubles him or troubled him at that time no not at that time so he was about three and it no it didn't trouble him then he would just carry on trying to say his words as as it was developing as his speech was developing so when, when did it become when did you isolate it as a potential issue like you say it happened overnight which is just seems extraordinary so we sort of mm. in the next week to just sort of go there's something we've got to do here they kind of say about see see how it goes for about six months especially because he was three he was quite young yeah, so yeah. yeah we just waited to see how he was developing and then about six months later I thought oh let's try and get some um, some help for him and so we tried that and we uh, contacted the speech you know, who we could hear. Uh, he saw someone for a few few months, but then they headed back to Sydney. Right. And they were quite young, being three and a half. They weren't quite old enough to really be coping with therapy, what was going on. Right. Mm. And so how, how difficult is the access to therapy in Catherine? I mean, it is a long way it, away. It is. It is quite difficult. So there are a few organisations here that do provide the service, but there's only a few speeches in town. So we did have to contact a, some Darwin organisations and they would only come down every so often and often they were full. So we couldn't it, we couldn't just get someone easily. Mm. So last year, I, a friend actually, I was doing it over um, video, doing some therapy over video with a, my friend from Sydney who was a speech therapist. And then this year, really thankfully, a speech he did arrive in town with an organisation that we were connected with anyway. And, yeah, Zeke has finally been able to get some consistent speech therapy this year. Yeah. Is the aim, I'm going to be speaking to a speech pathologist later, but is the aim mm. these days when you're dealing with small kids who have a stutter, is the aim to eradicate the stutter or is the aim for the child to be able to communicate clearly what's the kind of goal well the hope is that it will disappear they say by four years old you definitely want them in therapy so that's why as the time went on we were getting I was feeling a bit anxious and as the stutter it went from stumbling over sounds to then blocking which is when they can't get the word out Mm. so Zeke was doing that a little bit and that's I found that really hard it's actually hard when they when he couldn't get his words out 
and then it kind of reverted back to stumbling over words. So the aim is to to eradicate it totally, um, but it's not 100% guarantee. So the earlier they can start the therapy and you can do it with them, the more likely that they, they will be able to have smooth speech. You said Zeke's twin, Jeremiah, he has a mild stutter. So do the two boys do the sessions together? No. So we've just focused on Zeke in the sessions. They were doing it together when we first had someone. They were three and that was quite difficult. And then Jeremiah's stutter actually slowly disappeared. And now he only just sometimes stumbles over words, but he can correct himself very quickly. So what we try and do at home is what we do with Zeke, which is little sessions and we say smooth talking or you know, smooth, super smooth Zeke when he does a sentence without stuttering. We also just do that with Jeremiah as well. Now you said that the boys are starting school next year. Are you, yes. is part of your anxiety, as you were saying, when you began to realise that Zeke had this stutter, you were feeling anxious, is part of that anxiety about how out in the world other kids are going to treat somebody who speaks differently? A little bit, yeah, especially when his brothers actually would pick on him yes. and say or copy him or friends would copy him, which has happened. Does it upset him, Kath? There's been a couple of times when Zeke has actually said, why doesn't my brain connect to my mouth? Oh. And that was really hard when he said that. Most of the time, though, he's he's a pretty gung-ho little guy. Like everything for him is just pretty happy-go-lucky. He'll just, just get on with things. So thankfully the stutter hasn't affected him in that way, that he doesn't want to stop talking. He will just kind of keep going through. Yeah. But you can definitely see that it's that it has been in his mind sometimes. You know, why why can't I speak like the other kids? Um, and what yeah. do you say to his siblings when they tease him? Because Andrew just admitted before we spoke to <laughs> yeah. you that his brother, he's one of five, and his brother had a stutter and you teased him all the time, Andrew. That's what I hear. <laughs> yes, that's correct. Did your parents tell you off for that? Uh, probably. I don't recall. <laughs> this is one of the really interesting things is that it's as kids, right, especially mm. family, if you can find something to wind up a, a sibling, you'll generally do it because that's yes. part of being family. Yeah. So it's actually a really interesting scenario and it was cam and he's and i spoke to him about it yesterday and he said for him it was anxiety and it was just you know he doesn't know when it began but he that was certainly what it was yeah and he turns into you know bloody actor singer performer so it was just mm, a matter of you mm. know finding his and he had his little triggers to get through it's one of those sort of weird quirks of life really isn't it that you just and it's just another thing that life goes here you go Catherine yeah. knock yourself yeah. out you'll enjoy this maybe um and, it, and it's something for, for Zeke as well so how do you what do you say to the other kids about about that if they are teasing him daddo style oh uh, yeah I normally just say to I just say to them look we're all like we're all developing Zeke's speech is developing and it's doing really well and we don't you know, we just we all have our things that we're working on. Just try and play it down and yeah. just help them, you know, to, to realise that we're all different and we've all got our little things that we need we need help with. It's interesting actually. So I I think now reflecting, I had a little stutter when I was young and mm. I remember my sister once, sometimes I found it hard to get the words out. Mm. Something I've reflected on, I think, in the last few years with Zeke. And my sister would say to me, Just spit it out, Kath. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I'd be like, I can't. Like, it was really at yeah. that time. I remember thinking, I actually can't. And then 
I didn't have as much trouble as high school came on, but thankfully, you know, it did resolve itself. With Zeke, I just feel, just hoping it will will resolve itself and and it won't become a, a really big issue for him. Well, hopefully not. I think just like with everything in parenting is that when you're busy and you're dealing with your four kids and you're rushing around, sometimes I'm sure your patience is a bit like... Just say it. Yes, yes, (laughs) and and you have to constantly be like, "No, it's not his fault." Like, I know that we all do that. I can be a bit like that myself. Well, good Mm. on you, Catherine. Thanks so much for sharing your story and and Zeke's as well, and um, all the best. And good luck next year for starting school. Wow, lovely to talk to you, Catherine. Thanks, Catherine. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, all the best. I did talk to Cam about his stuttering, and then he said the the key for him was that an acting bloke he was acting with and he was doing a show called Big River and they were doing 1,500 people a night. He still had his stutter but not on stage as such and he said that, that must it must have made him so nervous uh, every night before he went out thinking yeah. it might happen. Well, John Bell, the actor, you know, the Shakespearean mm. actor, he said, listen, just tell the story. Just when you're telling stories, just tell the story, which is an interesting thing. And then a few weeks ago it was Stutter Awareness Week I know you're going to speak to a speech pathologist and I won't be part of that discussion. We'll play that in a minute. But in the Stutter Awareness Week, they said the worst thing you can do to a person who's struggling to get a word out is to guess the word they're trying to say. Oh. Because they're like, shut up. Like, wait. Give me a chance. So... I wonder if these days when we're all just in such a hurry all the time. And, then you, you know, you're searching for the word bicycle and it's not coming to go um boat uh (laughs) batman and Catherine sounds fantastic so i'm really curious to hear the rest of the episode that i won't actually be in for that interview i'm sort of disappointed because i'd I'd love to know more about it you'll find out yeah i will find out Sedgwick is a certified practicing speech pathologist working at Newcastle Speech Pathology. She specializes in helping young people who stutter. And I have some questions for you, Amelia. Hello. Hi, Holly. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So, when a parent brings a child to you with a stutter, Amelia, first of all, how old is that kid usually? And what's the first thing that you do? We see kiddos right from the ages when they're first starting to talk, so like as young as 18 months, all the way up to an adult. But typically the kids that I would see would definitely be like around the preschool age. Right. And is yeah. it typical so if you're going to stutter that you stutter from the first time you learn to speak or do people develop a stutter? That is a really, really good question. We do definitely know a lot more about stuttering, but there's a lot more that we need to learn about stuttering. So sometimes we don't necessarily know why a stutter will start. It could be just overnight a kid wakes up and they have difficulty getting some of their words out. Sometimes it could be after a particular event or a change in routine or all different types of things. We don't know exactly why people do stutter. We do know that it's... Yeah. That's <laughs> interesting, sorry, because I was just about to say to you, is it, I think people often think that stuttering is a psychological, like a psychological adjacent. So, you know, you're anxious or this yeah. has happened to you or, but you're saying we don't really know why. 
We don't necessarily know why and there's lots of different theories. However, we can't really say with confidence what exactly is going on. We do know that sometimes it can go hand in hand with someone who is a little bit anxious. But if you think about it, Holly, like right now if I'm feeling a little bit apprehensive, I'm more likely to have a bit of a stumble over my Mm. words. So sometimes people, if they're feeling a little bit anxious, might have a little bit more likelihood to show a stutter, but it's not necessarily a very strong link. We do know that like if you have a family member that has had a stutter, um, that you're more likely to have a stutter yourself or if you're a, yeah. So that's a good thing to kind of keep in mind. Sometimes with some people, if there's a family history that can kind of come through, if you're a boy, you're more likely to have some stuttering behaviours as well. Oh, that's Um, interesting. Yeah. And is a stutter curable? That is a very interesting question indeed. (laughs) The treatment outcomes for children prior to the age of five or wherever you are in Australia prior to them starting school are much, much better than for a child when they have started school. I know that anyone, this is a very predictable answer, but early intervention is best. If you ever have something that kind of occurs where your child does have some stuttering behaviours, it's best to see a speech pathologist as early as possible. There's a treatment program called the Lidcom program, which was actually developed in Sydney, where you guys are, yeah. <laughs> um, in Lidcom at the University of Sydney, and there's lots of fabulous research about that. Oh. And it's a really, really fabulous program, and it's what majority of speech pathologists use to treat stuttering. So basically... Up these, to the age of five. <laughs> as soon as your child shows signs of stuttering, if you can get help, if you can get to a speech pathologist do so. Is there yep. anything that people can do at home if their kids are, if they think that their kids are beginning to show a sign of stuttering? You want to make sure that your child is feeling as relaxed as possible. A lot of this stuff is kind of quite straightforward, but you want to make sure that your child has the opportunity to talk. And especially if they've got siblings, just like Andrew has said previously, his sibling, his brother found it quite challenging. And siblings, they do mean very well, but sometimes they may not be the most helpful. Well, that was certainly <laughs> the case with Andrew. He basically said they took the mickey terribly out Aww. of their brother who had a stutter. And he was like, yeah. oh, it made him resilient. And I'm thinking, I wonder if that's what Cam would say. Sorry, Andrew, um, I wouldn't recommend it. No. <laughs> As a parent, you can definitely do something. So if your child has a stutter, if you were my child, Holly, I wouldn't want to say something along the lines of, hang on, let's just wait for Holly to get her things out. So you want to make sure that Holly feels like she has the opportunity to still say what she needs to say and still feel like she's heard. So that's fairly self-explanatory, but just being really encouraging. We don't want to say anything like spit it out or come on, you know what you're saying because the issue is that the child does know what they're saying they're just having difficulty actually getting that out right okay so the most important things to realize are that you need to get help as early as you can that it you can treat a stutter to eradication is that true you can yeah so with the treatment for younger children what you're doing with them is you're just kind of setting up a situation where they're not stuttering. And so because at that age, their brain is still able to rewire and do lots of fabulous, exciting things, we're able to treat really, really well so that they can possibly have nil to some stutters in there as well. Not that having a stutter is bad. And that's a very important thing to be clear with. I was going to yeah. ask you that, is that are there, because I know that there are obviously some adults who's, who stutter and I would assume that there's kind of, 
as there are with some other conditions, a certain amount of uh, pride and acceptance of like maybe everybody doesn't speak the same. I mean, is yeah. is there a kind of movement or or area of, of accepting the stutter? Yeah, so I think that so eons ago, I know that a lot of people have kind of spoken about their experiences with speech pathologists and they felt that they had something wrong with them and the stutter wasn't a great thing at all. And I think Megan Washington, I think that's her name. Yes. She's spoken about how she, she had has. a stutter and she didn't speak overly highly of the speech pathologist that she worked with. She said that she felt like something was wrong with her. Now, since then, things have definitely progressed a lot. And a lot of the time when we're working with people that are a little bit older, it's more about giving them the opportunity to be able to get things out. That not that there's anything wrong with a stutter. As you've heard me speaking now, I have lots of natural disfluencies and so does any everybody else. And there's nothing wrong with that. We just want to be able to have it so that people are able to express what they want to say. That's the most important thing. So the way that we treat it in our profession definitely has come forward leaps and bounds. Yes. Okay. It's been really interesting talking to you, Amelia. Thank you so much. How, Thank you very last much. Last question. How yes. does somebody make sure they're going to a good speech pathologist? Yep, that is a very, very good question. Um, so you would want to go to a certified practicing speech pathologist. So you can look on the Speech Pathology Australia website. There's lots of information there. But I would want to make sure that if I wasn't a speech pathologist and I was sending my child to a speech pathologist for stuttering, that they had experience with the Lidcom program. Mm -hmm. And that's up to the age of around about seven or so. We still do treat children that are a little bit older, but that's what I would want to make sure they had. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Amelia. Thank you, Holly. Nailed and failed, it's Holly Wainwright. It's my favourite time of the it's week. Your is it really? It is, is it really your favourite time of the week? I'm finding this incre increasingly stressful. Why? Well, because, you know, part of my nailed and failed is is that I still have not finished your novel, <laughs> right? And I'm now in a position. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is really interesting because I've actually taken, had words with my wife when I go, like I don't say anything to her about have you read and until it becomes too much for me. And then she goes, aha, have you finished Holly's book yet? And I said, yeah. no, I haven't. And, it's, and she goes, now you know how. And I said, no, no, I started it at least. Anyway, Jackie and I were going away for the weekend. We were meant to go Friday and Saturday. This is a massive fail. She came home and whilst some of the house had been prepared to depart, which means try and leave it nice, not all of it. I mean, not even, you know, like washing and shit in the kitchen. And in your book, and there's that whole Christmas 2018 scenario, and it was really interesting <laughs> because what one person thinks is acceptable, one person doesn't think is acceptable. True. So the fail is try and understand what the other person thinks. So is basically, the preferred... Jackie came home and she was like, "We were supposed to keep the house nice to go away, and you haven't no. done anything." Is that yeah. what happened? Well, yeah, but I actually said these words: "Have you taken your shoes off and walked around the, the house barefoot?" Because I think you'll find. There's nothing on the floor. But it wasn't – it was just the general shebang, you know, like the, it's the washing and shit in the kitchen. So, you know, 
And the what? So what happened? Did you go away? No, we didn't go on the. We didn't go that day. It was you just didn't go because shit. the house was so messy. No, no, it was just like it was just the vibe was gone. We went. <laughs> we went the next day. We had a really great time, and and it was funny because we drove past an. It was a beach place. We drove past an auction. Jack goes. And I hadn't started. She goes, let's have a look at the house. So we look at the house. She goes, let's register. And I went, oh. I said, <laughs> she's stitching me up, right? She's preparing me for 10 years down the track. Let's register to auction. And I went, why? We, she goes, yeah, but we didn't. We didn't. And we shouldn't have. So anyway, the fail is, <laughs> just for any blokes listening, the mess we see that we see is not necessarily that bad can be bad for our partners. That's it. How many, I, we've how been many down this years road. of relationship has it taken you to work no, no, that no. out? And I, this is something else from your book, which is starting to actually shit me a little bit <laughs> because, <laughs> because I'm starting – I'm finding these things like if our, if our relationship had a, a – it's not a lot of fights. It's one fight over and over again. And if we had a name for our fight, it would be like that. So yeah. it's things like that. So What would your, the name for your fight be? Well, it would be around time. It would be like, can't you see that mess? Yeah, maybe. Call that tidy. No. But did you see the stripes on the lawn now that I've mown it? Anyway, it's interesting. And I am enjoying your book and it will be done. So we rushed out of the house so quickly I forgot to take it. Otherwise it would be done. Whatever. Oh, well. That's uh, the book, by the way, everybody. It's called I Give My Marriage a Year. Yeah. (laughs) And I've I've given mine 25. (laughs) All right. Fail in my house is you know how the fads, like my kids still go through fads, like little obsessions. Oh, it doesn't end. And Matilda is currently obsessed with these things called Orbeez. Do you know what they are? <laughs> no, of course you don't because your children are teenagers and they, their fads are different now. Is it, is it a Woolworths thing? <laughs> no. Orbeez are, they're these little, you buy them in a little bottle and they're like tiny little jelly-like beads. And then what happens is you soak them in water and they expand, right? And Matilda bought two bottles of these a while ago, ostensibly for like, I need them for this school thing, whatever. And I bought them for her. They never stop expanding. (laughs) So we started with one container of Orbeez in the bathroom that was in water, and now we've got four. Do do you use them for plant-watering device? No, they're just like... It's hard to explain. They're like little jelly. The parents who are listening who know, know, right? And they're going, "Uh (coughs) uh-huh, bloody Orbeez. And the parents who don't are like, what are you talking about? They're like little jelly balls. They're very satisfying. If you put your hands in them, it feels nice. I think you can use them to water your plants over an extended cycle. Maybe you can. Maybe we should. Anyway, they're literally – I expect that when I get home today and open the bathroom door, they'll just right, pour right, right. out in a tsunami and, scut- and I will drown in them because they're never ending. And I keep saying to Matilda, if we drain the Orbeez and we take them out of the water, then they'll shrink back. And she's like, well, oh, that would be terrible. Like, I want to know how big they're going to get. And I'm like, oh. Anyway, and then I had a whole guilt trip. Like, what if they're bad for the environment? They're not plastic, so that's good. And they're not toxic. But the dog keeps eating them. So, like, the dog's fine. <laughs> Our house is like an ocean of little jelly balls. It's just crazy. It doesn't sound like the sort of thing you would get rid of flushing them down the toilet. No. Does it? Oh, my God, imagine. She probably will try and do that. Anyway, so my fail is, which is kind of my ongoing fail, like just like we were just saying about if there was one argument, you'd give it a name. If there's one perpetual parenting fail, it's like why can't I stop my kids from doing stuff? Because I keep saying to her, 
we need to get these Orbeez under control. And she just keeps going, no, they're going to get this so much fun, mum. And I'm like, okay. And then now I've got a bathroom full of jelly. Okay. Can I give you a book recommendation that you can still buy? It's called A Fish Out of Water. Okay. Is this one of your books? No, it's oh. not. It's a very old book. It's a book that we grew up with. It's by Helen Palmer. Um, and it's like literally it's from the 60s or the 70s. And and this is the the wildlife version of Orbeez. And it's a beautiful picture book. Oh. It's quite funny as well. A Fish Out of Water. Okay. I will look at that, sir. Tell us you're nailed and failed. You can jump into <laughs> the Facebook won't. group, the Mamma Mia Parents. <laughs> well, why not? I'll find you a copy. Well, you can jump into the Mamma Mia Parents Facebook group and let us know, or you can send us a voice message to tgm at mamamia.com.au. We would love that. That is all we have time for on this week's This Glorious Mess. This episode is beautifully produced by Liza Ratliff and Michaela Floriano. Thanks for listening. Fish out of water. You're not going to read it. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.